What up, party people? We're back. <laughs> it's time for another episode of Stoke the Wild. <laughs> I am your host, Nick Dertinger, and with me, as always, is the wonderful... Joy Dertinger. And we are back with another Hip Hip Shabooms episode. <laughs> I hope that you uh, were ready for my shriek laughter at the very top of the episode. <laughs> it's got to go high energy. We're recording kind of late late tonight as, as we're recording this. Late, you're going to be you're going to be listening to it like on your second cup of coffee like mid-morning, totally fresh-eyed and daisied for the day. And, daisied. Um <laughs> and we're you know, but while we're recording it's late. So hip ship shaboom. We're going like, to be a little bit uh delirious. <laughs> yes. It's fine. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. So, um yeah, but we're back for another episode hanging out with all of you people driving in your cars, drinking some coffee. Maybe <laughs> kissing the person you love and you hear my voice. <laughs> Who knows? I can't predict in the future. I feel like that would be super weird for everyone except me. Kissing the person they love and then they hear Nick's voice. Hey, what's up? <laughs> this just got very weird. <laughs> Nick, uh, where did you come from? <laughs> your ear daisies. Ear daisies. <laughs> yeah. This is getting weird. I don't know. Weirder huh? and weirder. It's good. It's totally. Good, good stuff. Good, it's a good start. <laughs> totally. Kicking it off with a bang. Well, I mean, we kind of are because we're going to talk about weird stuff today anyway. We are talking about weird stuff. So, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, well, first, before we jump into the weird, though, um, guys, just... You know, what's up with that? Like, ooh, we. <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> um, I don't even remember what that's from. Uh, oh shoot, uh, it's from SNL. Keenan. Oh yes, uh, Keenan Thompson. Thompson. What's up with that? Uh, but so for funny. reals, for reals, <laughs> for reals. Like, are you guys watching WandaVision? We've talked about it a little bit the last few episodes since it started dropping on Disney Plus, and. <laughs> That's the sound of my brain exploding mid foofies and then exploding <laughs> some more. <laughs> That's what our kids call farts sometimes. Sometimes they say fart, but sometimes they go foofy. So mid and it's happening. And my brain is just like, what? It's, it is pretty wild. I mean, that last episode, I was like, why is this not longer? And I have felt this way about the last couple episodes. Like, I need to watch that again. Yes. This is actually the longest episode of the season so far, though. And I it know, still but wasn't it felt short. <laughs> Nothing is enough. So, just real briefly, we're not going to get super spoilery here, spoilery here um, but guys, if you're not watching this, you need to be watching it, especially if you are following along with the Marvel stuff. Like, sign up for a 30-day Disney Plus trial and then cancel until the right? next one begins. Like... Get just, on it. Just keep on creating burner Gmail accounts. <laughs> yes. We do not <laughs> advise nor approve of burner Gmail accounts. No, I was making a joke. Yes, totally joking. Do yes, not do that. But, you know, just sign up for Disney Plus and get a thing. Um, and that's Dis not an that's ad. That's not an ad. <laughs> we don't get paid by them. No sponsorships. Although Disney, yo, bro. Come on. You could sponsor us for i almost house said finance us you could sponsor us for all of the talking about you that we do house mouse give me your money or or marvel like if if just marvel 
Well, yes, that would be the dream. Just for Marvel to just Marvel pull up with a dump truck full of money to just go, here you go. Thanks. Here you go. You talk about it so much, we decided to reward you a little bit. But parent company, House of Mouse, just... Heck, I'll take Disney bucks, like... Disney bucks? Just download oh, it straight we could to go my to, brain. But we could go to the... Um, couldn't we go to Disneyland or Disney World with Disney bucks? Probably. Just give me Disney bucks. Disney bucks. <laughs> Lifetime passes to the Magic Kingdom. Um. Anyway... That was weird. That's weirder than anything else we'll talk about tonight. Um, But this episode, guys, was the convergence of all things glorious when it comes to some pretty interesting comic book-y things. From pulling in references to amazing comics where people are just like, huh? And then another thing goes, what? And then you're all like, (gasps) and it's (sighs) crazy. And then, of course, you have these film things that it's referencing both in and outside the universe that make you go, I can't believe it's happening. And then it's doing that, and you're like, what next? It's like a collision of worlds. Yes. The world's collision. The world's world. colliding. That's it. <laughs> have you ever had the world's collision? <laughs> it's the new blizzard down at Dairy Queen. <laughs> It's filled with Disney bucks. <laughs> and Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> and Reese's peanut butter cups. All right. All that product placement up top there. There we go. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. It. Did you see the product placement in this last episode? Yes, it's been in every episode, actually. Has it? Yeah. We're, that particular uh, one? Yes. A bottle of Joy. Uh-huh. Dish washer soap. I feel like I should just patent myself. That was more of like a... a it sounded like a vacuum seal a being ca- released. No, like a cow horse. A cow horse? <laughs> <laughs> a cow horse, of course. Um, a brand. That's a word. A brand. Yeah, you know, they Yes, I know what it is. Like, Babe, I've, I've seen animals being branded in real life, yes. Babe. I know what that is. All right. Babe. Babe. <laughs> Joy's pushing me to be super weird. I don't yeah. know why. Please keep it together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Every week. Every week. Look, I'm the weird one on the podcast. I don't have to tell you guys that. So anyway, stay tuned. We're probably like we're probably gonna mention just hey, it was great. Watch it like for the next few weeks. There's only like maybe four episodes left. I think this was episode five, and I think yes. there's nine total. About so which four I'm four episodes very left. Very upset. I know. And then we'll, what we'll do is once those are done, we'll probably put out just a full dedicated. Here's all of our thoughts on WandaVision and the future of the MCU, um, because my goodness, it's wild. And if we were to do that every week, there's so much to break. There is a breakdown channel that I love, like with um, these these creative people. Um, they're called New Rock Stars. I may have mentioned them before, and this is not an ad either. But if somehow they ever heard this, hey guys, I want to be your friend. Um, and their breakdown for this episode is like 22 minutes long. It's almost half as long as this ep- the episode itself, which is wild of all the different things spotted. So I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited for it. So be on the lookout for more information on that and watch the WandaVision and check it out and read the books and be a part of the cool things that are happening. Or don't. I'm not your parent. So do what you want. 
I just want right. to know why nine? Why not like round it out to an even ten? Is there some significance to the number nine? Nine. That's German for. I know. Me. I know. I caught that like immediately. Immediately. Uh, no, Patrick I don't know why it. they chose nine, but they did. Um, the Netflix di- um, Marvel shows that were on Netflix a couple mm-hmm. years ago yeah. were all 10 episodes long, and they sometimes just felt too long. Like, they were all, like, 45 minutes. They weren't as short as some of these episodes. They were all, like, 45 minutes mm-hmm. to, like, an hour. Yeah. And some of them just felt like long filler episodes when really like six to eight episodes probably would have done it. And so given the fact that some of these are like 20 minute episodes. Sure. um, Especially because they're designed in that half hour format. Like if you had commercials. Like sitcoms and stuff. Like it makes sense. We were talking about this though with our daughter and um, she was like, I wish this was longer too. She had the same kind of like mentality. I wish this was longer. Yeah. And, uh, how come it's not all at once? And I was like, well, could you imagine if they actually released this as a movie? Like, it would be so incoherent. Um, yeah, it would be real weird. They It would be it would have to be edited differently, and the story, the way it's laid out, would be done differently. But if it was released just as it is, with no cuts between episodes with for credits, and you just are watching it all simultaneously, it'd be really kind of, like, jarring. The fact that mm-hmm. you know it's a TV show, you know it's episodic, makes the format that they've chosen work really well. Yeah, it gives you this sensation of like, oh, there's like a week in between in that world as well. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but there's... Or like a, some amount of time. Yeah, more than anything, it it feels just... It's just the rhythm of it, the way that then like the rhythm of the episode plays out. Mm-hmm. Um and most of them end, even if there is a cliffhanger with this, like, with a general resolve, um, enough to bring you coming back for more, but not like a, we have enough of this settled so you don't have to wait, like, a year and a half before the next movie comes out. You know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. here's some more. I mean, <laughs> they might do that at the end. Yeah, yeah. Who knows, but, yeah. I uh, I, I was reading that, like, in the beginning, they were only going to do six episodes, and then they changed it to nine. That they were originally planning to do six, and then they changed it to nine. Hmm. Six because of the hex. That's what I was thinking. And then they changed it to nine, which is basically an upside-down six. An up, maybe that's why, then. So that way upside they can keep down. the thematics of it, but fill out yeah. the stuff. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Joy. Yeah. Let's get folky. <laughs> We're talking last week we talked a little bit about like mythology and storytelling. We talked about the way that you can utilize even in modern storytelling uh the form uh, forms of mythology and uh different modalities to talk about there's a lot of M words here, morality in in kind of how you you know fashion a story or a film. Yeah. And today this episode, we're going to be talking about folk stories, folk stories, the old folk. classics. Ye old folk <clears throat> tales. Ye old folk tales. Yeah. What's a folk tale, Joy? Folk tale is a story that's passed down from generation to generation. Um, a lot of times there are different versions of it. Um, it 
a lot of times is also unique to a particular culture or uh, people group. So uh, something that is a folktale for us is not going to be a folktale for someone in another part of the world. Um, is it required to be told by folks? I believe so, yes. I mean, like, your folks, my folks, their folks? It typically is told by folks because there is usually, like, uh, like an object lesson. Like, sit down, Sonny, we're gonna talk and to it's you like, about a story. Yeah, yes. And it's like the this... The moral of the story is, don't go swimming in the middle of the night while sharks are present. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. So it generally is told by, like, family members, relatives, by your folks, so to speak. I don't know that that's why it's called a folktale, but it is. You're the resident historian of all things weird. I thought you knew this. I'm I'm not the resident historian. Um, I'm the resident linguist. Of Thank all you very much. Weird. Thank you very much. How dare you? <laughs> the resident linguist of all things weird. How very dare. How very dare. <laughs> Derriere. How very dare. <laughs> um, no, I I mean and in like America or the United States, we've adopted a lot of folk tales that originated in other countries. Um in other languages, like Dutch folk tales, German folk tales, etc., and we've kind of adopted them because of immigration um, and people coming to the states, and you know, just continuing to pass those stories down to their children. And as language evolves and changes, so do the stories. And some of the things that you know were. Um, I guess, integral parts of the folktale, perhaps in its original language, are kind of lost Okay. over time. That's not always the case, um, but it, it can be. Um, like, we think about Santa Claus. You know, um, Santa Claus has, like, a number of origins. If you want to go back and look at it historically... Um, I think the most commonly known is, you know, obviously St. Nicholas, um, and it kind of evolved from there. But there's also Sinterklaas, which is German, um, which is, it's, again, it's a little bit different. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just, it just depends, really, um, on, on the story, on the location and the language that it's, in which it's being told. Okay, I just did a little googly googs, um, hoping to just find a little bit more. Um, so you have things like legends, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, we all know. Um, <laughs> legends are, you know. Like fictitious, like, uh, grandiose stories. No, I, I had the quote and now I've lost it, but it's. Uh, What's it from? Legends are. Man, I feel embarrassed. Legends are born, not made. Legends nope, now I have are. I look it up. It's from the Sandlot, and everybody's going to be shouting at me about what Babe Ruth says. Oh, I don't even know. Regarding this quote. I, I don't remember at all. Remember, kid, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Oh, that sounds like a Batman thing. What is the, oh, no, Batman doesn't say legends, does he? Does, what does Batman say? He says something about an idea. He talks about how, like, you know, 
if I'm just a man, a man can be killed, can yeah, be beaten, yeah, yeah. can be lost. But if I become a symbol, an ideal, something uncorruptible. Like ideals are uncorruptible. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know, he's a white billionaire playboy. So, That's what um, I'm <clears throat> anyway, legends being a semi-true story, which has been passed on from person to person, usually has an important meaning or symbolism for the culture in which it originates. Again, usually based on some sort of historic fact. Um, you know, that'd be like, I don't know, some sort of legend. And then a myth. <laughs> like <laughs> not helpful at all. Like uh, mermaids, people. Right. Yes, that would be like a legend. I think so. Because you'd hear about like, I saw this thing in the water and it looked like a person, but then it turned out to be not a person. Yeah, who knows? And then you have myths, which are stories based on tradition and legend kind of combined that convey a truth, um, but not historically accurate. It's more of like taking the fancifulness of the legend and mixing it with some sort of higher ideal. Um and then you have the folktale, as Joy was talking about, which are usually passed on in spoken form from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. Typically, you wouldn't know who the author was because there were so many versions of the tale and they just get, you know, passed down and passed down and passed down, altered in different ways, fables, fairy tales, and things like that. That, so, sounds, that sounds like what I said. It is. I was just, it was more, I was more looking at the myth, the, the, the verses. So maybe, I wonder if the mermaid thing or the people thing is more of a myth than a legend. I don't know. Have you ever seen a manatee? Yeah. It's a mer person. <laughs> Barbara. Barbara manatee. Um, no, but I w- when you were talking about uh, the myths, I was thinking about Krampus. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Like the more fantastical part of, uh, of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's like a an object lesson or like a moral lesson behind it. Like children don't lie and be naughty or else Krampus will come and the Krampus, the demon King of Santa will come <laughs> and steal you from your Bas- living room. Well, yeah, but like people like, I know tell scary stories like that. So, um, quick, before we jump into this pop quiz, I'm going to say some stories and you're going to tell me if it's a folktale, a myth, or a legend. Awesome. Great. <laughs> I'm not looking this up either. These are just stories I remember. And so, I'm, so I'm just, you're guessing and so am I. Kind of, but I, I'm, I'm going to say the ones that I think I already know what they are. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know for a All fact. right. So like easy one, Snow White. Snow White? Yeah. I would say that is, uh, gosh, folktale or myth? I would say folktale. Yeah. Because, so myth, I would classify since you have something more like high, like reality, even though there's like magic in folktales too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. myth typically deals with like this higher, uh, for lack of a better word, DD type figures where you have, you know, like true. Zeus. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's and, true. And, you know, Hercules and that type of stuff, right? Sure. <clears throat> so. So folktale. Folktale. Yeah. That's what I would say too. Yeah. Um. King Arthur. Oh, I would say that is, wait, when you say King Arthur. Like Arthur and Merlin and the Knights of the Round Table. Oh, yeah, uh, legend. Yes, I would also say legend. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Finally, let's say. I've got one for you. Let's say 
Go ahead. The Three Musketeers. Uh, the Three Musketeers would probably be considered legend. Yes. Because technically they were written. It was written, you know who the author is. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Um, based on historical mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, okay. So, going to blur the lines a little bit. Oh, okay. A little bit. Okay. Loch Ness Monster. Oh, myth. Myth? I believe that it's a myth. Not like a legend? Mm, no. Bigfoot. Myth. My heart is ripping. <laughs> um, all right. Last one. Hmm. <laughs> Something like okay, I, this is not your favorite genre of things, but mm. um, this would probably be considered a version of these. We'll see if you get it here. Uh, like a Freddy Krueger. Hmm. Um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call that a legend. Yes. I would say so too. Like urban legend. Yeah. Sure. Which is like a for lack of a better like a modern type of like trying to scare Yeah. People like today with things that obviously mm-hmm. are not real. So um okay. All right, cool. Good job. So, you passed. Thank you. Uh so I wanna say one thing. That folk tales are not necessarily entire stories always. No. And they're also not necessarily like that they're not a lot of times they're not false a lot of times they're completely grounded in reality and like they don't have not always but um they don't have like that fantastical like element to them sure 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 like the original story of cinderella is considered a folktale sure and but there's not necessarily like the happy ending and the magical like reality of that right Okay, so let's talk about this. Folktales. We're going to be talking about some folktales that we enjoy, but also what we would do differently to maybe make them more interesting. So, Joy, what's one of your favorite folktales? I would have to say, well, hold on a minute. How far back are we going? Like, how modern can it be? How? I don't care. Oh, okay. Just pick a folktale. Either Frozen, which is based on a story by Hans Christian Andersen, or um, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Let's talk about Beauty and the Beast, probably. So Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Do you know the name of that original mm-hmm. folktale? Like um, I, don't, I don't know the original folktale, so I'm curious. I just know I'm the trying Disney to remember. Version. Yeah. No, I'm trying to remember. Um, I think it's based on an opera, maybe? Rig- Rigoletto? Something like that? I don't remember. I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. Le Belle it la bête is a fairy tale written by French novelist Gabriel Suzanne Barbet de Villeneuve. Can I please read that for you? Uh, yeah, please. Gabriel, I can't. I can't read it and also read my mic at the same time. <laughs> are you blind with your eyes? Uh, la Belle et la bête, uh, written by Gabriel Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve. Via- Wait, you moved it. Villeneuve. Yeah, but not Villa. 
So we're getting all of our sources, of course, from the one and only free encyclopedia called the Wikipedia. All right. So this story, though, was... Now you're just trying to read French. I know. Slow down. Slow down. So one of the most popular and most common retellings of the story came to us by Andrew Lang in the Blue Fairy Book of his fairy book series in 1889. That I knew. I did know that. Influenced by ancient Greek stories such as Cupid and Psyche. E? Psyche. <laughs> I just Psyche. Psyche. And Psyche. Um, <laughs> Cupid and Psyche. Um, and the Golden Ass. Uh, so, mm-hmm. those stories, those being more based in myth, we see how then, like, a story is uh, molded, shifted, changed, and adapted for the culture and different people, and then passed down, and how it alters and changes again. So, you have these different versions of it right to become a folktale so <clears throat> i want to know if that opera rigoletto situation was something that i'm just remembering wrong i want to figure that out i don't know so i've never actually like let's look at this so the original version a widow merchant lives in a mansion with his 12 children six sons and six daughters all of his daughters are very beautiful but the youngest beauty is the most lovely She's also kind, well-read, and pure of heart. Her eldest sisters, though, are cruel, selfish, vain, and spoiled. On a dark and stormy night at sea, the merchant is robbed by pirates who sink most of his merchant fleet and force the entire family to live in a country house and work for a living. While Beauty makes a firm resolution to adjust her rural life with a cheerful disposition, her sisters do not and mistake her firmness for insensibility, forcing her into doing household work in an effort to make enough money to buy back their former home. <laughs> All right, so Beauty and the Beast. Um, so looking through some of the details here, cutting into um, some of the original version, uh, there's actually a larger family, um, as you may have heard me read a moment ago. And uh, But the story, for the most part, is still similar, relatively similar to what we know. Uh, the merchant... Um, goes to find some goods, sell some goods, whatever, and ask his children what they want, like on his way back, because he wants Mm. to bring something for them. And his other kids want riches of some kind because they think he got his wealth back. Um, But Beauty, the youngest, is like, just a rose. That's all I want, a rose and your Mm -hmm. safety. Mm -hmm. And he gets caught in a storm, ends up in this mansion, this palace, uh, where he finds food and shelter, and he stays. And then as he... Um, is getting ready to leave in the morning. He sees the rose garden and clips a rose when then he is confronted by the beast who says, I'm going to kill you for stealing from me. Right. But then the beast is like, he hears the story that the merchant was like, I was just going to give this to my daughter. I didn't mean anything by it. And he's like, fine, I won't kill you if you go and bring your daughter back to me so she'll marry me. And then it gets weird. I mean, weirder than the story. Uh, Instead of the beast reluctantly taking in bell you know in in exchange for her father's fate he basically is like super excited to meet her wants to like be with her and like throws a big party and tries to like lavish her with gifts and then every night for like a month is like will you sleep with me oh god (laughs) she's like no i like you as a friend (laughs) oh my gosh that's Um, but then she starts having dreams about the beast um, and, or I'm sorry, she starts having dreams about a prince and she thinks that the beast is keeping the prince captive somewhere in the palace. 
Um, and mm. that's when she discovers like these magic rooms yeah. and uh, furniture that is alive that act like servants and all this stuff. And then she's visited by a fairy who tells her, hey, looks can be deceiving, so go ahead and sleep with the beast kind of thing. That's and she's so like, no, nah, I'm good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Belle's like, no, nah, I'm good. And then um, Belle is finally released. Like, they, they, like, have a falling out for a bit, and she's like, no, I can't do this. I want to be with my family. And he's like, well, I care about you, so go back home to your family. Um, I just hope that you'll return. She goes he gives home. her a magic ring. Yeah, instead of the the mirror. <clears throat> instead of the mirror. It's like, yeah, you can go, um, but here is a magic ring that will bring you, like, back. He'll, that would bring her back to the beast when the two months are up. Yes. But then she chooses to stay with her family and not the beast, and she ends up having, like, more dreams about the beast, like, being dead in the house. Oh, my God. And so she goes back, and sure enough, she finds him dead in there. Oh, and she cries over his body like, no, I should have learned to love him. And through her tears and emotional sadness, he is reborn as the prince and is like, I only ever really loved you. And. Yeah, it's pretty much. Pretty much it. That is horrible. Yeah. Oh, and the like the whole story about like the witch like cursing him because yeah. he was selfish and rude and greedy. Yeah. That part was in there too. And he's like, I was I had to be forced to be loved for who I was, even though I was ugly on the outside. Yeah. To break the curse. So the witch turned him into a beast for his selfishness after she tried to seduce him. Yeah. But then was like, but if you can seduce somebody else, the curse is broken. That's like so it's so weird. Weird. Whoa. Check out Check out this. Uh, I no longer like this story. <laughs> Check out at this. All. Uh, you guys can't see it, but I'm trying to show joy here. This uh, painting, this illustration by an Ann Anderson. Um, sometime, let's see, it says she was born in 1874 and died in 1931. So sometime in the late 1800s, early 1900s, this was painted. And this picture of Beast is nothing like what we see in um, the movies in any way. This is like no, some sort this of is super like gross. lizard goblin thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one, this painting by a Walter Crane looks like a like a human uh, um, boar. Yeah, it a looks boar. like a pig, a, a wild boar. Yeah, just to the size of a human with pants. And I can't and tell. And a suit if, coat. I can't tell if those are like the servants that maybe look like dogs or chimpanzees in the background of this one but there's like other creatures in there and then here's an illustration by a warwick gobble and in this one also the beast looks like a boar like has the head of a boar but the hands of a human yeah thing? hands and the, like the rest of his body is humanoid he's just got a boar's head that's so weird he's boarish <laughs> <laughs> so so i'm not a fan of this story anymore that's disgusting. Not the original. No. No, that's super gross. Whose idea was it to take this story and turn it into a story for children? Uh, hey, I don't know. So Disney, you're disgusting. We'll see we'll see we'll see how many of these we get through just cuz of, you know, time, but um I'm I'm going to right now say hands down Disney did it better than the changes they made made it palatable. But <laughs> uh I mean you, there are still some 
things that I don't appreciate. I, I said palatable. I didn't say like amazing. <laughs> okay, fair. Fair enough. Um, what would you what would you change of this story? What would you do to like make this better? The original? The original, or if you're like, no, let's talk about the Disney one and let's change that. Like, let's take this modern retelling and change it to make it even better. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, as far as the original, I would just scrap the whole thing because it reeks of rape culture and toxic masculinity. Yes, burn so, it in fire. Yep, let's get rid of that. Um, however, there are a lot of, like, overtones of toxic masculinity and patriarchy in... Um, the retelling too. Like if I want, if, if I wanted to make it better, honestly, I, I, I feel like I would, I know this is like the whole point of the story and the whole crux of the story, but I would remove the whole like curse aspect. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Because like this idea it's this old trope that like oh a woman can love a man no matter how much of a brute he is and no matter how abusive he is and no matter how beastly he is her love will change him and it basically just keeps you know victims of abuse in abusive situations yes so i don't appreciate that part of it what i do appreciate is the idea of like Loving somebody for who they are, letting down your guard, um, you know, despite whatever past traumatic experiences and just like getting to know a person and loving them for who they are, regardless of what they look like. That, however, is not exactly the same as, you know, what we see in the modern retelling either. Yeah, it, I mean, it's difficult too because, you know, if you're going to set the story in the time frame in which it was written or in mm -hmm. a time frame close to when it was written, um, that was the mindset of, you know, 98% of the world, if not more. And so the, like the, uh, then you got to choose then like, you know, it, am I going to retell the story in that setting or do mm -hmm. I bump it to modern times so that way I can change more of it to like, really address those things that, you know, in a modern way without the implications of the, the time period? Maybe. I guess I don't know. Um, I mean, to me, it's it's ultimately still f fantasy in that sense, so it shouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's a question people ask a lot. Like, I know. You know, if you're going to set it in this time period, you have to play by the time period's rules. Like, yeah, I don't buy that, though. There's a dude though, who looks like, like a boar. Yeah, and, like and a, there's a magical spell. Like, come on, bear, guy. Like, and, uh, he, like... The candle talks, man. Like, just, just they chill, have, yeah, chill the clock, it. the clock talks and the teapot and chip. He's and a candelabra. Just, like, leave him alone, so you know? I will say this. I really appreciated the live-action... Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that was fun. I thought that was a really cute and fun retelling of it. Um, if you can handle some, like, excessive auto-tune, then, like, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Like, Hermione, girl, you're great in Harry Potter, but the auto-tune saved you, but there was a lot of it with the songs you had to sing. What I didn't understand is why they didn't just have a voice double. Like, if she is, like... Not a singer. If she's like, hey, I don't sing, it's not 
you know, something that I do and it's, you know. Well, if you're close enough to be able to use auto-tune, which she was. Right. You're going to use auto-tune because it's easier than paying another person also come in and sing. I mean, I guess, but. But I agree with you. Like. When it's that. Don't like. If you're, if you're casting for a musical film, cast the best musical actress or actor, not just the best actor or actress. Like. There's people who can do it and who right. also, no pun intended, who are beauties and could be in the role, mm-hmm. like, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But I did appreciate the live action. I thought it was fun. I thought it was cute. Um, Josh Gad is. Really funny. So funny. <laughs> he does such a good job playing LeFou. And um, I don't remember the guy's name who plays Gaston, but do you? Luke Evans. Oh, okay, cool. Luke Evans does a phenomenal job sounding like the Gaston in the animated version. Like, I was listening to it and I was like, this is so great. Yeah. Like, he's a pig, but. Not a man bear pig. No. Like, like, like Beast or that thing from South Park. So, but. But, but like, just a regular pig. Yes. So, I think that that's what I would change. Uh, like, I would tweak that. I would enhance the the sort of dichotomy there of, like, here we have Gaston, who, like, is, you know, in the story, a good-looking guy. All the ladies want him, blah, blah, blah. And some of the men do, too, <laughs> as evidenced by LeFou. Le yeah. um, LeFou. LeFou. Um, but yeah, so he's, and like, but he's ugly on the inside. He's super full of himself. He's a jerk. He's abusive. He thinks he's entitled. He's like, he is the epitome of a toxic person. Right. Um, and then on the other hand, we have the beast who, um, yeah, in the story is a literal beast like an animal looking situation um and i think the thing that i would change is is legitimately like the idea that your outward appearance also will make you like bitter and ugly on the inside because that's what's that's what like it seems to be is like this guy who is really like into himself and full of himself. And then he's cursed by a witch um, to have like an ugly outward appearance that will apparently match his inward appearance. But he has to like get over himself and find love and blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, fine. But they could have done a, a better job, I think, enhancing the contrast between someone who is beautiful on the outside, but ugly on the inside And then somebody who is, um, you know, according to, like, mainstream beauty standards, I guess, is not attractive on the outside. But once Belle gets to know him, you know, and he lets his guard down, she sees, like, oh, what a great person he is. I just think they could have done that a bit better because he still has abusive tendencies at the beginning. He still is, you know, holding her hostage, keeping her a prisoner, etc. So that's what I would change. Okay. That was a lot of information for one folktale. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so you asked, stick you around. Know, you know that I uh, talk a lot. 
Yeah. Yes, I do know that. Um, and it'd be much better if we came up with these ideas ahead of time, so that way we knew what we were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, my story, that hopefully I can keep short, um, it, that I've always enjoyed because it kind of creeps me out. And maybe even as a kid scared me, but I find still interesting. And I don't feel like there's been a a good retelling of this uh, anywhere. But is the Pied Piper, the story of the Pied Piper or the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Um, Ooh, that one's creepy. Uh, or the Rat Catcher of Hamlin. Um, let's see, reading from the Wikipedia page about it. The Pied Piper or the Pan Piper is the titular character of a legend from the town of Hamelin, Lower Saxony, Germany. The legend dates back to the Middle Ages. The earliest references describing a piper dressed in multicolored or pied clothing who was a rat catcher hired by the town to lure rats away with his magic pipe. When the citizens refuse to pay for the services as promised, he retaliates by using his instrument's magical powers on their children, leading them away as he had the rats. This version of the story spread as folklore and has appeared in different writings, including from Johann Wolfgang von Goth, the Brothers Grimm, and Robert Browning, among others. There are many contradictory theories about the Pied Piper, but some suggest he was a symbol of hope to the people of Hamelin, which had been attacked by the plague, and he drove rats out of Hamelin, saving the people from this epidemic. Of course, if he took the children, that's another story altogether. So. That's what I was going to ask, like, but why take... Like, what is the object lesson in him taking the children? Pay your debts or else people are going to steal your kids? Well, that depends on if you think that every single story has an object lesson. It could have more just been a frightening tale that they continue to to, to tell around. Or <gasps> or if it was like, like it's mentioning with the plague, like, hey, like, you know, have you heard the story of the Pied Piper came in to take get rid of the plague rats? You know, he ended up taking the kids, which could have been like a metaphor for... Yeah, no, like, the plague was so bad, all the children died. I was just going to say that. Like, what if it was just a way of, like, telling their grief? Yeah, that is actually one of the theories, that it's the it's the way that they communicated, like a, like a shared grieving process of, you know, our children were all taken from us. That's so sad. Yeah. Wild, right? That's so sad. What would you change about this story to make it better, Nick? To make it, well... Better doesn't always necessarily make it mean that it's got a good outcome. Sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's a tricky question, but the I think what I would what I would maybe focus on in this telling, and like a lot of the stories that I've read of it are from the townspeople's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like we have this problem, come on in. Uh, we need somebody who can do this. Then somebody comes along and is like, oh, I can help you. You know, this is what it's going to cost. The townspeople are like, uh, well, we don't really have that money, but maybe we'll come up with it. Sure, go ahead. And then, you know, they can't. And then the piper is, you know, angry and takes the kids in retaliation. I think I would maybe choose to tell the story, like, from either a child's perspective. Mm. You know, like, six or seven you know, everything in the world is much bigger and everything is heard um, without 
without context almost, you know, like yeah. that. I'm hearing a lot of conversations because I'm small enough to just like walk around and be in rooms, but I don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And filtering that through the eyes of like a six or seven year old, like, you know, trying to make ends meet. Maybe even this six or seven year old child is, is a homeless child, you know, or an orphan living on the street. And so they're already trying to do things on their own and they're hearing like, you know, things about Story, the rats yeah. or the plague or whatever. And then maybe even, ooh, because now this is how ideas come to me. Maybe even prior to the Pied Piper coming through, the Pied Piper and this boy happen to run into each other. Oh, yeah. You know, before the Piper makes his arrangement and, you know, share some food with the boy and the boy like, just kind of says, and you know, kind of the the piper kind of inquires, like, so, you know, you're homeless, like, what's the deal, kind of, yeah, you know, what do you know about the town, like, what do you know, like, like, yeah. oh, well, you know, the, like a little informant now, yeah, like yeah. the things I hear, the rats are crazy and the plague is getting bad and they're trying to get rid of rats because they carry the plague and yada yada yada, mm-hmm. you know, and then it leads to this other thing, um. And yeah, that could be interesting, and it could be a thing where perhaps the Pied Piper, you know, yeah, maybe takes the children, but sends them off as like a legion of Pied Pipers where they continue this, like, gang of, you know, theft and robbery and magic and, Mm -hmm. you know, have their own little guild of Pipers. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I just think of, like, ways to, like, make that, like, what happens after, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, if they, the some of versions of the story, the children were, like, kind of like the pigs in the Bible were thrown into the, like, over a cliff into the, yeah, they into drowned. the water and they drowned. Um, some say that, you know, it happened in the dead of night when people woke up in the morning, the kids were gone and there was no, there was no, no sign of them yeah. and no way to find them. You know, so what happened afterward? Um, did the Piper like take on an apprentice in one of these children and raise them up to like be another Piper and, you know, or was, was the Piper something else? Is it a supernatural being? Is it like Mm -hmm. a a boggart or a, (coughs) you know, a, uh, Mm -hmm. some sort of demon or Krampus, if you will. Yeah. You know, just something like that was is the is the Piper a vampire and like you know oh gosh really he's um you know he comes under the cover of darkness like I'll help you and like you know takes the rats out knowing that the people can't pay then takes the children to feed on like later Ooh. is he a, a zombie has made it I don't so know. much creepier like he, just different things like that like asking these questions to mm-hmm. make it interesting so yeah. How about let's do one more. You got another one? Yeah. Um so I would say I'm going to I'm going to change up my stories a little bit. Um I don't know if this is necessarily a folktale, but uh I would say the story of um Thumbelina. Thumbelina. By uh Hans Christian Andersen. Thumbelina, Han Christians Andersen. Hans Christian. Hans Christian Andersen. Yep. That's the one. Hans! <laughs> Hans! <laughs> You're pretty good for a cowboy. 
<laughs> yippee ki yay. All right. Uh, Thumbelina. Thumbelina. By Hans Christian Andersen. In Copenhagen. Me, I don't know. I've never seen this movie, so I don't even really? know. Really? Okay, so my recollection Thumbelina. of Thumbelina is like that she's this tiny, tiny girl, um, sort of like a fairy, and she's so little that she could like fit in a thimble. Um, she's like no bigger than the size of somebody's thumb, like the like you know, and nobody really knows why she's that small. She was just born that way, and um, you know, all the cutesy little things like she uses a tiny little box for her bed. And, like, she can crawl in and out of flowers and blah, blah, blah. So, but well, it says here that she was born inside a flower? Yeah. So she's not human. Not really, but in the story that I remember, she has a dad. Oh, I don't know what that dad's doing that flower, <laughs> but it is not It's not, it's not okay. It's not I, maybe, maybe I'm mixing up stories. I guess I thought that's what it was. But, yeah, she, I do remember she was born in a flower. Um, she's sweet, this tiny little sweet thing and um and then she meets a fairy like she's a small person but i don't think she has wings in the story and then i think she meets a, a little fairy guy and they become friends and uh yeah it's just like this cutesy little story Okay, well, what that's would what you, I remember. What would you change about this cutesy little story? I would say uh, the thing that I would change would be remembering more of it. <laughs> <laughs> Make the story more memorable because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's got no memory. What just happened over there? I just there? hit my tooth on the microphone. I was <laughs> I was laughing and I was like, oh, I'm really loud. I should move away from the mic. <laughs> <Crunch>. And I. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you remember this? It all says here at the end of winter, a mouse suggests Thumbelina marry a mole. But Thumbelina <gasps> finds the process to be married that. to a creature repulsive. Yes, I do remember that. She's like, ew, gross, no. And the mole is like dirty and disgusting. And he's like, you should be my wife. And all of that. I do remember that. Because she's friends with the mouse. And then the mouse is like, oh, why don't you marry the mole? You don't keep me warm in the winter. Blah, blah, blah. Says she reluctantly agrees. But then at the last minute, Thumbelina escapes the situation by fleeing to a far land with the swallow. In a sunny field of flowers, Thumbelina meets a tiny flower fairy prince <gasps> just her size. That's it. And to her liking. And they wed. She receives a pair of wings. Because why not? To accompany Yay. her husband on his travels from flower to flower. Yeah. And she gets a new name. It's <gasps> Maya. What? How's this spelled? M-A-I-A. Yeah. In the end, the swallow is heartbroken. Once Thumbelina marries the flower fairy prince and flies Aww. off eventually, arriving at a small house. And there he tells Thumbelina's story to a man who is implied to be Anderson himself who chronicles the story in a book. In a book. Um, yeah, I do remember that. So that makes me, yeah, now the pieces are obviously coming together. Um, I yeah. feel like you would remember more of the story if she was bigger than a thumb. No, I. that's why I loved her was because... Hi, my name's Thumbelina. I've always been the tiny one. Hi. And I've always loved tiny things. I'm as beautiful as your left thumb. I mean, I'm as small as a thumb. My left thumb is beautiful, so. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. Yeah. Um, That's a joke you can knock a tooth to. <laughs> <laughs> that was embarrassing. 
But seriously, um, what would you change love, about it? Then? I loved that story. It's so cute. So you wouldn't change anything? No, I would like. change nothing. It's adorable. That's not what this is for. I'm sorry. I the just swallow I becomes the... vengeful and tr- like uh, no. mounts a, a, no. a, a no. militant attack on the fairy prince and. He loses a leg, and he's a pirate fairy prince. And he's like, ah, Thumbala, you know, we'll never get back here. I have to kill the swallow. No. No? No, I like it just the way it is. I'm sorry. Like, He recruits the mole, and the mole's coming from a ground attack, and the swallow's got the air attack. And okay, 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 okay. Okay, here's what I would change. Nuclear warhead wait a minute, from the wait a field minute. mouse. That's here's what I would change. Radiation. And then you have mutant Thumbelina going, I have two thumbs on one no, hand. No. Look at me. No. Okay. I would give. <laughs> I would give the fairy prince magical powers. Doesn't he have them? He gave wings to his wife. I would give him more magical powers, <laughs> like the oh, like Ant Man. I, I would make them like Ant Man. They can grow and shrink whenever they want. Okay, okay, that'd be interesting. Right, and but they keep their wings when they grow, and so then they are just like these giant fairies walking around. When I'm small, I'm known as Thumbelina. But when I'm the size of a regular person, I'm known as Hanselina. Hanselina. <laughs> <laughs> because I've got lots of hands! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, what's bigger than a thumb? The whole hand? Oh, uh, but like okay. body, Selena. Body, Selena. <laughs> I don't know. Stop hitting things. But when you said body, Selena, I was like, I thought of like Selena Gomez. Oh, that's <laughs> like, weird. Body, Selena. <laughs> She's got the body, I have of, the body Selena. of Selena Gomez. <laughs> but the oh. head of Selena. <laughs> <laughs> I have the body of two <laughs> Selena Gomez's stacked on top of each other. They're like stacked on top of each other. It's like three kids in a trench coat, but it's Selena Gomez's. <laughs> body of Selena. That's good. Definitely would make that more interesting and far more memorable. Hans Booby, if you're listening, <laughs> Do you say change Bobby? the story. Yeah. Hans Booby. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's something your grandma would say to you. No, it's uh Oh man. Die Hard. I went back to the Die Hard reference. Oh Hans Booby, we're not method acting. Put the gun away. Who says that? Um the guy, um, Ellis. Ellis, you don't know me. Is he he's, the creepy like? He's the yeah the guy who works at his uh, ex wife's job. Like he goes out there. John McClane goes out there to visit. Still confused by that. Ellis is like the guy who hits on her. Yeah, and, the like, nasty does, like he does cocaine. He does cocaine in, cocaine in his bathroom. office. Oh, I thought uh, it was in his office. Or maybe it's his office. But then he thinks he can negotiate with Hans. And ends up getting shot in the head. But he's there. Like, hey Johnny. Like I told him you're my friend. I invited you here. Hey, Hans, booby, this isn't method acting. Put the gun away. Booby. <laughs> yep. Okay. But yeah, I, I mean, I just, I do love the story of Thumbelina, and I, I apologize, apologies that I don't want to change it. It's cute. 
I yes, but would it be cuter if there were like three Selena Gomez's stacked on top of each other to form? The Wait, now there's three, not two. <laughs> well, three. three kids in a trench coat idea, like you know. Sure, she has to wear a trench coat at all times <laughs> to hide her wings. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, uh, one ticket to a rated R film. That's all. <laughs> uh, ma'am, are you just? Three Selena Gomez's in a trench coat. <laughs> Scurry. And then they all like separate <laughs> and run away. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be so weird. Oh. Told man. you this would be weird, guys. Told you this would be weird. All right. Well, after that crazy nightmare of a story, let's uh, jump into our next segment. What are we going to do today? What we're going to do today is our segment where we talk about what we're doing in this present moment. You thought I was going to say day, and I didn't. I said moment. <laughs> Presently. <laughs> but we share about the things we're working on for the purposes of our own accountability. And in case you guys want to share with us what you're working on, you can email us, stokethewild at gmail.com, or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at stokethewild, and let us know the things you've got going on as well. Joy. Yeah. What do you got going on right now? Well, I am pleased to announce that I got dose one of my COVID vaccine. Pleased. On Friday. Friday. I'm thrilled. Um, as of the recording right now, it's been a little over 24 hours. I have some mild, like, cold symptoms. Um, I'm a little bit tired, but also children and stuff and uh children's and stuff my left bicep is a little sore because she works out a lot i mean i try to but it's sore from the shot oh right sorry yeah what else do you have going on what are you working on oh gosh still working on podcast just like i was saying you know Last time, I'm still doing the same thing, getting but things when, ready. But when are you releasing? I thought it was going to be soon. It's February now, and you need to release. I know. I need to release. This is me pushing you to do the things. So I am going to do the things. I, I've already got, like, four episodes recorded. It's great. What I'm trying to say, though, is um, Chris Campbell, who does my graphic design, wants me to, like, do an introductory. The honorable Chris Campbell. The honorable Chris Campbell. Wants me to do an introductory thing. Um, like a trailer? Like, I don't, I think just like an introduction of like, hi, I'm the person who hosts this podcast kind of situation. Um, with a short bio a couple weeks before I release. Before I so now? Launch season two. So right now I have uploaded the photos to uh, of myself to the Dropbox that he requested. And... Um, and I'm working on a short bio, which I don't enjoy writing um, because it makes me feel uncomfortable, uh, but I'm doing it anyway. And um, I know what you mean. It's like I have to talk like highly of myself when I'm not used to doing that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to, though. Yep. So I'm going to I'm going to finish that up hopefully this week. And then whenever. Yeah, I guess whenever. Chris says, like, here's the thing, and we're going to launch it. Let's, d let's do this. Then that's when. Season two, coming soon. Yes. 
That is true. In it a is. world where Joy is a podcast host. Boom, 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 boom. And she has things to say. Boom, 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 boom. There is info. Boom, 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 boom. You could probably find out in other places too, but you don't want to because hers is going to kick you in the face with awesomeness. <laughs> fireworks. If I could have fireworks, I would. I think they're very cool. Pyrotechnics. Pyrotechnics. You can't see it, but Pew. there's fireworks happening. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you got going on? Um, I'm uh, working on writing a little bit more. I'm trying not to go too crazy with it, mostly because... I don't know. I just don't have time. But I'm in, and it can be daunting. I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. Yes. Um. So I'm just trying to write like little snippets of things. That's it. That's that's what I got going on. What? Why? <laughs> I just keep thinking of funny things. Snip, 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 snippets, and like <laughs> you sitting down, clackety clack clack, and it's just like once upon a time there were three Selena Gomez. <laughs> Stacked as high as a thumb. Oh my god! <laughs> just like, oh, oh, I got all these great ideas that just keep flooding it. to me. Oh man, <laughs> I yeah. Anything else you got going on? Mm, no, I I think that's 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 what I'm trying to do. Cool. Yeah. What about you? What do you got going on? Uh, so much, so much stuff. Um, but everything's going well so far for the most part, kind of, I guess. Okay. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> no, it, it really is going pretty well. I've been doing a lot of writing. It's like, all I do is homework, reading and writing. And I have tried to make some time this week, um, as well as doing some drawings for, for work stuff to also draw a couple things for fun. Cause lately I haven't had the time to just do fun drawings. Um, and like I forced myself I don't think any of my, my professors listen to this, but during class on these three-hour Zoom calls, I'm like, I'm taking notes and doodling on my iPad because I need mm-hmm. to do it to focus. So doodling it up and drawing some things during class, um, which has been good for me. So yeah, at least so far, we'll see how that goes at the end of the semester. Um, but yeah, uh, for writing, it's, it's been... This la- the last, let's see, since last uh, September, August, September, jumping into uh, this creative writing program has been so good. Like, everything has its, you know, has ups and downs. And, of course, there's been moments where I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I'm good good at this. Or, you know, you, you read or, or learn things and you're just like, I don't know, this is weird. And you just keep trying to like go for it. But for the most part, it's been pretty good. And I've been enjoying like my classes and what I've been learning from my professors and my peers. Um, but more than anything, it's like forced me to just be active in my writing. Mm, yeah. And I love it. And I don't care if the world hates what I'm writing. I'm just like, please... I need to finish this and then I want to put it somewhere where people can, can read it. And maybe one day one idea will click with someone and it'll be cool. Um, but until then finish, finish, finish. Like mm-hmm. I have a thousand and one stories I've started and never finished, but I, you know, need to finish the stories if I want to move on to the next one for real. Yeah. And so 
what this last year has really done is put me in a position to finish what I've started with a lot of these creative projects um, from the poetry book to um, these poetry classes I've been taking and like writing more poems on a daily basis and just keeping that like uh, the mentality of poetry in my head, um, short story and fiction writing, just, um, you know, jotting down ideas whenever I have them and like creating like an idea bank of, of stuff that I can use later on. But then also, um, you know, thinking, thinking differently versus like, I'm just going to start writing and see where this goes. Kind of like plotting out scenes and then writing the stuff in the, the scenes and into the story and then fleshing out the plot from there, which is kind of, it's like, okay, how do I want this to end? Okay, if I want it to end like that, what needs to happen to get to that point? Okay, now it, this has happened, to you know, which then leads to this point. Well, what happens before that to get to that point? Or this is how I want it to start and this is how I want it to end. How do I make those two things meet in the middle? Here's a cool conflict. This is a great idea for a thing. How do I fit this in here? And just yeah. like my brain is like a volcano and it has erupted. And there's hot magma everywhere. And cabins are burning down. Oh, gosh. The streets are closed. The streets are closed. Car tires have <laughs> melted. I don't know why. Smo- I just smoke, smoke inhalation like is taking the- place. <laughs> I was just imagining. The air is so hot that when you breathe it in, it burns your lungs. There's detour signs closing the streets and the lava goes splits and goes around <laughs> the closed street. Yes. And that's my brain, which sounds like it wouldn't be very productive, but it's like, nah, I'm a, the magma in that situation, not the closed down, you know, s- southern volcano atmosphere area that that would be happening in. <laughs> Clearly, my brain is not broken from all the things I've done in this episode. Nope. Right? Am I right? It's fine. Am I right? I'm right. It's totally fine. So that's what I've got going on. That's a lot. Guys, also, I don't know if you know this, I host a podcast. It's called Stoke the Wild. <laughs> which you can also check out on a weekly basis right here on Stoke the Wild. And uh, you can also support us on Patreon. We have a Patreon. Yeah. And um, it's where I put a, a lot of my writings that I don't publicly share with everybody, but with the, the few patrons we have, um, just to put it someplace where I'm like, okay, some people are reading this, but it's not like in the public, um, you know, for until I'm ready to either post it or, you know, submit it to a a publisher or whatever. So yeah, yeah. um, if you're s- interested in reading any of those, checking those things out, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash stoke the wild. I've also have a few like bonus episodes of podcasts that are on there, hoping mm-hmm. to do some more here this year as well. And I keep talking about it, but it's finding the time with the kids to where it's not in the middle of the night to do like some sort of, like video thing with it as well. Cause I've got some stuff to make some videos and I just, you know, it's finding the time to fit that in without my kids like running through going a fart. Your, your throat is a cough fart. No, coughing is a throat coughing fart. Is a th- coughs are throat yeah, farts. I know. That's how tired I am. Coughs. Coughing are, c- coughs are throat farts. <laughs> coughs are throat farts. That's what our four year old says. Yes. So, you know, and I don't want that to be happening just like all the time when I'm trying to record things. Yeah. So, you know, 
it's that kind of deal. Yeah, it is. Other than that, it's all good. That's what we've got going on. What do you guys have going on out there in listener land? Send us an email at stokethewild at gmail.com. There you go. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. At Stoke the Wild. Yes. Nick, where can people find you? They can find me currently locked up in my home. I mean, um, Because okay. I'm trying to keep my loved ones and neighbors safe uh, because I care about people. And so I only go out when I absolutely have to. And when I do go out, I wear a mask because it's important to protect the people you care about. And even if you don't care about the people around you, you should care about yourself. And so wear a mask. Um, but if you're looking to find me on social media, yeah. you can find me on Instagram at Nick Dirtinger Art because some jerk face has at Nick Dirtinger. Um, <laughs> yeah, some bum with like one post from like 2007 or something. That's hilarious. I feel like they should just <clears throat> retire old like I know handles like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So at Nick Dirtinger Art is my Instagram handle, or you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Dirtinger. Um, they're not the same because you can't add any more letters to the, the Twitter handle. Otherwise, it would both be at Nick Dirtinger Art, just mm-hmm. so they would be the same. So they would be the same, yeah. But it's not. So at Nick Dirtinger on Twitter, at Nick Dirtinger on Instagram. Yeah. Joy, how about you? You can find me at JM Dirtinger on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find my podcast, 99 Lead Balloons, um, at 99Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and that is the, that's the word 99 spelled out, not the numbers nine, nine. So must be nice having uniform handles on all your social media. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Also though. Yes. Um, you can email me at joy at 99pod.com if you um, I guess are interested in the podcast or have a comment or a question or a whatever or a suggestion or whatever. That's where you can find me. Radio. Thanks for hanging with us tonight in the all-star cast of Stoke the Wild and a hibib shaboom. We made it through another <laughs> one guys. And that being said, we will catch you next week. Bye.